Welcome back to our listeners across the world. This is the third episode of our series on peace building. Last time we looked at moral imagination and this week we're going to be thinking about hospitality. We're going to start with a quote from Henry Nouwen. Our world is full of strangers, estranged from their past, culture, country, friends, neighbours, God and themselves. Searching for a hospitable place where life can be lived without fear and where community can be found. Society is growing more fearful of the stranger and the harm that they may do. It is obligatory for Christians to offer an open and hospitable space where strangers cast off strangeness. We need to convert the hostility into hospitality. So, hospitality, David, it's a concept that we might think we're familiar with, but I sense that within the work of peace building, it has a a particular meaning and importance. So could you just start by telling us more about hospitality in that context? For me, I think a key part about hospitality is it's about providing a space where people can come as they are, as who they really are, without any having to put on a mask or, or pretend to be something else. And I think part of that is about providing a space without an agenda. It's where you're not trying to convince or persuade or get anything out of it. It's just a space where you can be and where people can be together in whatever way they feel comfortable doing that. And so people can come with different views, different opinions, and be free to share those. It's a space, though, which is not without rules. There are rules of behaviour about how you relate to each other and an acceptance of those rules. And as you create that, I think you create a space where people can develop a relationship with each other. And I think, as uh, Henry Nan has said elsewhere, it's a place where you're not trying to change somebody, but it's a place where, in not trying to change somebody, actually change happens because it comes from within them. They begin to perhaps see elements of themselves more deeply, elements of others more deeply, they're able to reflect on those issues and through that somehow there is a space where where change comes and I think within it one of the things we're finding in our work I think is the power of vulnerability so it's a place where people feel safe enough to be vulnerable with each other and as we share that vulnerability something very special happens I think um, in some ways, we're creating space for the Holy Spirit to work and for healing to happen. And creating that space is true hospitality. Thank you. Mariam, what would you like to add? Just as David was speaking, I was thinking uh, about the current climate in which uh, some of us find ourselves living, which is, uh, in many of our countries right now, one of division, one of political division, one of socio-economic division. I think I was just reflecting on the deep need for us to shift our stance, both individually but as uh, communities living amongst each other, from this hostility into hospitality, and the need for us to recognise that walls only keep us further apart from each other, um, and they don't allow us to create and to actually progress but they constantly means that there is tension and there is one person on either side uh, of that wall. And so for me, the 
importance of hospitality within the peace-building context, within the work of trying to affect conflict, is one where it's, I think like David said, of creating space where you can come with your truth and begin to move into a space that knocks down those walls uh, and offers for others to come into it as well. A question to either of you or both of you. What does it look like to be a host within this space? My experience of where hosts have been hospitable is where there is, uh, I think David really hit it on the head with that word vulnerability, where vulnerability comes with a sense of security of self and knowing who you are in and of yourself and your own identity and uh, both the good and the bad and the things that you're struggling with and the things that you're really clear on um, and your ability to hold that space and not feel threatened by the person coming in but being able to look at that person and see their created being, see their self as being made in the image of God and recognising for me my own experience has been trying to recognise that each person is on a journey of discovery and of evolution and of figuring out who you are and if you're able to look at each person in that way it comes with a little bit more grace uh, for where they might be even if that place is in a completely different space to where you are and so for me there's something really deep about being secure in uh, in who you are and secure in your vulnerability in many ways so offering grace from a place of security yeah that's really beautiful the other word that came to mind when you were speaking was generosity. And I'm wondering, what do you see as the connection between hospitality and generosity? That combination of hospitality and generosity, it's about generosity of spirit. It's about not judging. It's about recognising the value of people and people's opinions, even if you disagree with them. And I think there is something very significant as well in that security in yourself, including in your doubts. It's not that you have to have every answer or know everything or be everything or be the sort of the perfect Christian, but being secure enough that you are on some journey as well. I was reminded of a time when my wife and I were at a, a big sort of Christian gathering and my wife was struggling with a number of things at the time, um, illness and things, and she'd gone up for prayer. And she had expressed a sense of frustration and disappointment, and a woman was praying with her. And immediately this woman just spoke out quite fiercely, saying, you must repent, you must repent. And that was a very inhospitable place that that lady had brought with her, her insecurities, and was pushing those onto my wife, and my wife, not surprisingly, recoiled. And a day later, I was went up for prayer, and I was telling this story to the person I was stood next to. And this man didn't say anything at any point, but just as I was telling this, he just groaned and groaned. And there was a level of deep empathy that was happening there, and that felt for me like a very, very hospitable place. Such a beautiful illustration of what it means to be hosted and what a difference that can make. And on the other side, what a lack of hospitality can do to increase conflict, to take away the seedlings of peace. Um, so thank you for sharing that from that vulnerable place as well, David.
Here's Rami Taleb talking about hospitality in his context in Lebanon. Well, I guess for us it will be more related to the people and what kind of space they need. For example, we're working with, we were working with young people that they devote for them to sports. They love doing sports. So their best space to come together was a sport ground, whether that means playing basketball or football or whatever. But, and that, that brings them a place where they're familiar and they enjoy each other as well and then able to get together to know each other. Uh, so safe space, is, it's, it's, it could be many different things. It's not one, only one thing. It's really, really depends on each group. It's, and what I would say is very important, the space to be out of their own place. It's not something... So if you're bringing people that are living in the community and they're suffering in that community, you know, and then you have another community, you need to get them to something totally different. Something more beautiful, something where they can be there and feel peaceful and feel safe and not threatened by the surrounding what's happening there. Because many times when where people are, are in conflict, they think the other area is unsafe area, you should not go. So for example, I'm living in the south of Lebanon, but I'm from Beirut. My friend doesn't come to the south because they think it's unsafe. So for them, they will not come to Beirut. I want to bring people from Beirut and bring from the south. I will go to the mountain where it's common ground for them, where they can both go there and feel and feel happy to be there and also like uh, naturally joyful and peaceful so they can do activities together. Yeah, so we work with Lebanese, Palestinian refugees, Syrian refugees and Iraqi and the backgrounds of them are Muslims and Christians. So with that diversity, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting because people don't know what the others think. They only have their own assumptions. And then when they we bring them together and they start learning about each other, they discover there's actually really things are common and things are not common. And but it's very helpful to really break break what we think about each other. Especially from not just religious idea but more about this person have needs like I have. He want he wants to be educated, he wants to succeed in his life, he wants to have a family, he wants someone to love him. Which is when we forgot these things when we're actually against the other person, we don't see him anymore as a human. As I would speak about the last group that we're doing. We have Syrian and Lebanese and Yazidi, one Yazidi. And then we had the Christians and Muslims. And we intentionally wanted to bring a safe place so they can speak about their religion. So, so the idea was of the program doing the forgiveness with them is to have them a question that is related to their religion. So, what God is mercy? What does that mean in your religion? And then, then both of them were able to share what that means in their place. And then they would find, oh, okay, I didn't know that in the Quran it says Bismillah uh, Rahman Rahim that God is the all mercy, merciful. You know, and then that means that God have mercy in them, and and also as well for Christians, God is mercy, and then the way they deal with it. So that's one of the common grounds that come up, and everyone every time will be more intentionally to work on the common grounds, so they can see it for each other. And even if there was some differences, or they didn't or disagree, which is fine. The idea is to learn how to be in conflict, but in non-violent way. 
So we've spent a bit of time exploring the concept of hospitality. It would be great to have some stories. David, I think you've got a story from Northern Ireland that might help us think about hospitality. Yes, so I was travelling once with uh, a friend and colleague from Northern Ireland called uh, Derek Poole. And uh, I asked him who he felt had been sort of significant people in the peace process in Northern Ireland. And I was expecting to hear names that I'd sort of heard of, that you'd sort of seen on the news. And uh, he came up with this name of a priest I'd never heard of. And he then explained, and um, this person had just begun inviting people, it was an open invitation to Sunday lunch. And initially people from their own church would come. And then they began to notice that there were people that she didn't recognise were coming. And she then realised that this was a mix of both Protestant and Catholic, so people from either side of the conflict in Northern Ireland were coming and meeting at her house for lunch. And then over time, she noticed that it changed again. And she suddenly realised that the people who were meeting regularly for lunch at her house were actually people from the armed militias from each side who were coming and just having lunch together. And the reason that happened is, in his view, because there was no, there was no agenda, there was no meeting with a purpose, it was just meeting to have lunch. And in that meeting to have lunch, it just became a safe space where people could come and begin to have a very cautious, very tentative relationship with each other because there were no expectations on them. And that then developed, and in his view, she was one of the most significant people in the peace process because what she was doing was building a level of trust at a real community grassroots level, which then meant that at the higher levels, political agreements could be made because then the people negotiating them knew that there was enough trust at the community level for those to actually stick. And so a very simple thing, inviting people for lunch, no agenda, no purpose, just come and have some lunch. And I think that's some of the power of, of hospitality. Eating together, building trust, that's a really beautiful story. Mariam, have you got any stories about hospitality you'd like to share with us? So the story that came to mind for me was uh, when we'd first started out on the peace building work, uh, sort of four and a half years ago now, one of the first things we did was attend a sort of justice conference, which was out in South Africa uh, on Robin Island. So we were living in the prison uh, for good five nights, which was fun. Um, but part of that process was both for South Africans, um, white South Africans and black South Africans coming together in that space to talk about justice and what that meant uh, at a local level. And they'd also invited people from all around the world to be a part of that space. There's one particular person who uh, is right at the top of my mind. It's called Rodi uh, Wenimbo, who is a West Papuan activist. She comes from a community that is heavily patriarchal and from a country and a place that is undergoing currently uh, waves of civil unrest, where they're really struggling with natural resources, where they're struggling to keep the lights on, and the political tensions between the indigenous groups versus the political elite uh, are really coming head to head. She's been an activist within the church uh, and within her community for years, uh, at a very quiet, low level, 
And I just remember this one moment, I think it was about day four uh, on Robin Island, where we'd been having lots of these storytelling spaces where we'd been getting to know one another. Where I remember her, we were in a circle and people were sharing stories uh, of their own journey along that week, what had opened up for them, what was on their hearts and minds essentially. And I remember this particular moment where Rodi stood up. I remember thinking, this is the first time I've heard her speak. And I remember her standing up and speaking and telling her story of being a survivor of various things in her country. Telling us how that was the first time in her life she had felt empowered as a woman to stand up and speak and share her own story, essentially. And for Rodi, what allowed that to happen, I remember her saying while she was speaking to us was, the fact that she had built friendship and built relationship in a space that was hospitable for her, where she felt welcomed, and beyond just welcomed, where she felt equal. And that for her was a first experience. And that gave her the ability to stand up, to speak. And I think we even ended up doing a bit of the West Papuan National Anthem, if I remember rightly. Um, but it was just this incredible moment of recognizing uh, where equality and that feeling of equality can unlock things for people who have never had that space before. Hospitality at work, building trust, empowering people. That's great, thanks Mariam. So to end, when I think of hospitality, I do think of food. And I think Mariam, you might have a story to share with us that relates to the link between food and hospitality. Well, the story is the story of my life because I am, I grew up to Middle Eastern parents uh, where all of our lives surrounded by food, essentially, and uh, the hospitable space, uh, particularly in the Middle East, um, is very much around the table. And just one thing I was thinking about as we were having this conversation was uh, my own experience actually growing up um, as an Egyptian in the UK and how both hospitality around the table uh, is a beautiful way of inviting people in but it's also a very clear way of saying who's accepted and who's not depending on who you invite around the table um, and so it, it was less a kind of specific story but more a sense of I've recognized in my own life um, having to navigate different spaces different cultures different races growing up um, in a minority essentially in the UK where I've had to make a conscious choice and effort to term a phrase by Austin Chaining, to diversify my life. Uh, and the way I choose to do that is by inviting people into my home and uh, inviting them around the table. And so for me, that's kind of the gospel thing as well, isn't it? That we always hear Jesus's deepest thoughts when he's having food with his friends. Um, but it's that thing of coming around the table and inviting people. And that for me is, uh, I know that for my own family, you know, we invite the people who we feel comfortable with around our table and that's a very conscious choice to share food with people and uh, I think in so many of the cultures in which we've engaged or experienced that coming around food uh, and sharing in bread uh, and whatever else might be there is such an essential part of saying I want to be in this space with you um, and offering whatever you've created uh, to that person as well. Mm. Thanks Mariam. That leaves me the question of who is around my table and what kind of hospitality am I showing or we showing in our lives. So thanks for bringing so many thoughtful uh, words to us today and 
hopefully our listeners will be joining us again next episode to hear more about the journey of peace building that we've been on at Tear Fund. We've done moral imagination, today was hospitality, and next time we'll be thinking about embrace. So thank you all for listening. We'll see you soon.